Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Girl, get comfortable, we about to do something you never done before. Baby, not the usual. Oh boy. Tonight we're getting unpredictable. So try to roll with me, baby. Baby. I'ma make you feel like you never felt. Oh Girl, boy. not because you know we get Those are not the words at all. That's okay. It's not. It's not. What's the word? Um, what does it say? So wait, so try. I'm gonna make you feel like you never felt. So try to roll with me, baby. Yeah. No, I'm gonna make you feel like you never felt. Never felt. It's another Girl, line. All because you let me get. And it's not. It's not all line. because you let me. We gonna ask the Google machine because I believe that is not the truth. Ask but them. praise yes. the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, niggas. Uh, welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia, and I know the lyrics. I'm Jade, and I do too. Uh huh. So <laughs> we're also gonna talk about adulting. Because that's what we do here, or try our damnedest. Uh, <laughs> that's all I've been motherfucking doing. <laughs> so, yeah, the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being an adult in the year of our Lord 2019. What's going on, sis? The same thing that's been going on. <laughs> You're moving. Jay's been moving for four years, everyone. I have, and I'm so tired. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh my goodness. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be the reason why. Oh my God. Oh goodness. Well, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing okay. Um, it's been a Monday, but Ooh. I made it. I did. I cannot, I cannot. I, we're just going to celebrate the fact that I mm. made it. Mm. We also yeah. have a guest, and I'm so thrilled. I am siced, as the children say. Oh, that's very DC of you. You know, I'm trying. You know, I've been here for almost seven years. But I'm excited because I have the very brilliant Adama. She's going to get us all together. And I'm just thrilled. I cannot tell you how excited I am. Adama, greet the people and let everyone know who you are. And so this is to get a taste of where we are headed this evening. All right. So my name is Adama Hamadi. I am the founder and delicious living coach at dreamleaplive.com and I help burned out superwomen free up time and energy to do the work that matters. So today I'm going to get in that ass. We need to talk about self-care. We're going to talk about self-care. We're going to talk about setting boundaries unapologetically. We're going to talk about superwoman syndrome and being a strong black woman. Mm. And we're going to talk about how to unlearn modern mindset so you can do the work that you're called to do. Look at that. Now, didn't I tell you? 
<laughs> look at how he answers call. Like look look, at that. he's like Jade. Look at everything going on in your life. Here she is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Adama's gonna get us together. We have been dodging y'all's emails for months now about what happened to the self, the black women's self care segment. Um, and I just, you know, admittedly, you know, I'm just gonna admit for the, for everyone here that I am horrible at self care. I don't know how to do it. So I was I was grateful. Um, I'm grateful to to have Adama here to help us all get better at it because because I've slept for eight hours in the last like eight days. Listen, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I no, mean, no. I mean no. it's just all about using your network, the people that you're attached um, associated with, um, and just you know because. <laughs> If you don't know how to do something, you I'm sure you if you if you get into the group tag the group text, somebody knows somebody who can help you. Um Absolutely. and I had the honor of serving with Adama on a panel at the Dear Self brunch that was held here in DC. Um what up Sherelle? And uh and mom did again. Um we had an awesome time on March third at Kitchen Crate talking about how to uh, just love on ourselves a lot better. And Adama was at the brunch dropping gems, honey, between catfish and and, <laughs> and French toast bites. Yeah. I mean, she was just getting us all together. So I said when I was leaving there that I'm going to have Adama come and, you know, share with us for a little while. So I'm excited. We're going we gonna to get around this kitchen table and we're going to get our lives together. Yes. I'm very hyped. Same, same, same. So let's go get on into this trash so we can get through the worst of things. And then <laughs> and then we can get get back to the business that we're supposed to be here to do today. We will keep it very brief. Well, Ty, cue the cleanup woman, please. Yes, get her. Let's get her in here and get these floors. A cleanup woman. We're going to keep the trash very brief because we have uh, a person of substance among us today. Not to say that, well, usually we always have Kia, but you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, I'm, we got somebody I try else, to be a so little I, substantive. No, you are. Very much so. Very deep. Very deep. Uh, but I'll keep it brief. The first thing on the trash, um, National Geographic Channel has completed its investigation on the sexual misconduct claims on Mil- Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. Uh, if you remember, we spoke about Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, which is an astrophysicist and TV personality. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember. Um, and there was the lady who made claims that he he was involved in sexual misconduct by touching her tattoo. So they have cleared him of all of uh, all of all of the investigation, and he is expected to return to his job. Thank he gets God. to go back to work. National so. Geographic did the investigation. Uh, I guess it was probably the, you know, the police and then also National Geographic did its own investigation because it was a colleague. Oh, so he worked at National Geographic. He worked at National National Geographic. So they have cleared him of all um, charges or all uh, allegations and he gets to go back to his work. So clearly something was amiss here. So Neil, Dr. What's his last name? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Dr. Tyson was the black man, correct? Yes. And his accuser was not, correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. And we'll just mm-hmm. leave that right there. It happens. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And sometimes it doesn't, you know, but this time it did. Oh, uh, Kyle Massey, for those uh, who watched That's So Raven, I did not, but apparently there are a number of girls who went up for That's So Ra- Raven. Oh. I think he was the little brother. Okay. <laughs> 
He is now a grown man and being sued for sexual misconduct with a minor. Damn. He's 27 years old Jesus. and is a 13 year old girl who I guess he has had, who allegedly he has had um, contact with since she was four because she was four. an aspiring actress. Her and her mother. Like, not, not in that way. Oh. But she is now 13 and she is claiming that he uh, has sent her sexually explicit videos and photos of himself. Um, what was and his name so, on the show? Uh, Corey. Corey. That sounds about Corey. right. Corey. Yes. What the hell? So we'll see what comes of this. Um, I think he's saying that it's not. His mother spoke out, and his mother was like, "This is absolutely not true. They're trying to get money." Blah 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 blah. He so, still got money, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how long Disney money is, Yikes. but. I don't have never seen I mean, that boy on anything, anything outside other of that show. Be Corey on that. He's not on the reboot. I know that. Oh yeah, and then he had his own show for two seasons. He and did. That, that got canceled. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of this. So, you know, I was an adult when Dazzle Raven was on. Though, mm-hmm. So God bless everybody. Same. The only reason I watch Raven's Home is because Noah loves it. She does, and I and I low key do too. Mm. <laughs> Raven has show. said some very problematic things. <laughs> she has. <laughs> And I just don't know how to receive that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm gonna let my niece watch her program. It's fine. Lastly, I'm just gonna do one more story. Ray J's Raycon company hit 10 million in sales in less than a year. Scooty bikes? No, Raycon is Raycon is Scooty bike part of Raycon? I don't know what's what is did he I know he did what is Raycon? Let's see. Let's see here. Let's see what Raycon is. It's a consumer electronics company. So them headphones. Yes, them headphones. And he hit $10 million in sales in less than a year. All right, Willie Ray. Willie Ray Norwood Jr. Listen, he's out here. Didn't he sell Scooty Bike? He was, I think he sold Scooty Bike. It was him and Soldier Boy that was doing the Scooty Bikes. Listen, both of them little niggas are rich. <laughs> they are. Soulja Boy, Soulja Boy got, is a problematic roach, he but is. he's a rich one. <laughs> he got, didn't he like ink a deal with like Nintendo or something? I don't remember. He, this nigga is, his money is long right now. Unless he, you know, smokes it up. He looks which, like You know, a, no judgment. He totally. <laughs> he just looks like a punctuation. Like he looks like a dash, a semicolon or something. <laughs> I'll take a semicolon. It's like, how do you just look like a hyphen? Why you look like a parenthesis? I don't know why he looks like a semicolon. Parentheses. <laughs> why you look like a parenthesis? He's like a parenthesis. <laughs> <laughs> He's just well, so, whatever. He's a rich parenthesis. So listen, I remember this. Okay, so wait, you was watching that um, marriage boot camp show. I was. I Did was. you watch it, Adama? I loved that show. Really? <laughs> Wasn't it the most entertaining? I have zero shame behind it. When I tell you I was watching for the I'll whoop your ass, soldier. Jessica Dimes is my new best friend off that. Oh, Let me I tell you something. Jessica. She's so I love her and her nigga together. Like, they make me happy, and I can't, I just don't feel bad about it. I like Jessica. But I heard, okay, so I saw on, I think it was The Shade Room posted mm-hmm. So he proposed, Soldier Boy proposed to, uh, is it Nia or not? not Nia. Nia. Oh, Nia? Lord, when? Recently? He proposed to her like on the show. Oh, I didn't, you know, but I didn't I think, finish it. Yeah, <laughs> when it aired, when it aired, she was on on Instagram like, nope, I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting married to that nigga. And, and the shade room had the latest. So the thing, did you see the things that he said and did to her? No. I didn't. You, you did. <laughs> I did. This no. This nigga tweeted 
obscene wild shit calling her a hoe calling her all kinds of bitches i'm like nigga you've been in a in a relationship with this woman for 10 years and you talking about her like don't this they have on a social child? media no yes. so oh, okay. she has a child that apparently she had while they were broken up at some point break baby and they got back together and he has since like he raises the child what a mess a what mess. is his real name do you know Drake. What's Drake? Draco? Drake, young Draco. I think it's, I think it's Drake. <laughs> Drake. I think that's no, Drake. it can't Draco be Drake. 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 It is either Dre or Drake. Dre. It's Dre. It's Dre. Like Andre oh, or his mama really named him Dre. That's what I'm about to see if it's short for Andre, because because uh, Nia Riley calls him Dre. Drake. What the fuck is this nigga's name? Oh, DeAndre Cortez Way. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> DeAndre Cortez. DeAndre with a Z. <laughs> DeAndre with a Z? DeAndre Cortez. No, DeAndre oh. Cortez with a Z. Cortez not with an a Z. Z. Okay. Way. Way like W E I. W A Y. Aw, Ooh. Very black. Very what basic. does Teddy Riley have to say about all of this? Child, We're interested to know. Teddy Riley is probably somewhere speaking into the no diggity <laughs> machine. He's <laughs> like, I'm glad that nigga's away from my daughter. No diggity. I'm about to bag it up. <laughs> I fully support it. He's probably in celebration somewhere. Like, thank you, Lord Jesus. God is a way making a redeemer. Great yeah, God that you are synthesized, delivering from yes, voice synthesized, speaking into the. He sounded like an eight hundred eight. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. He's booming like eight hundred eight. Somewhere cursing T Pain's name. <laughs> she made us drinks <laughs> to drink. We, drink. we, we drunk, drunk um, got drunk. Got drunk. All right. <laughs> That's enough trash. That's it. Me. We're not gonna do no more trash. We done. What a what a disaster of a show this is. My <laughs> God. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Point, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. It's time to get to this kitchen table. It's the moment that we've all been waiting for. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about we we used we started the show. We had a black a black woman self care segment, right, sis? Uh, Did that was didn't live as long as we would have hoped. <laughs> no. um, and I mean, I'll take responsibility for that because you know I kind of ran out of things to talk about because, as I've said many times, I'm not Same. really that good at self care. Um, nope. I don't even, I, I can't even tell you the last time I got a pedicure. See, and self, self-care, 
It's much more than pedicures, ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Adama's you gonna... should see my legs. <laughs> oh, no. I can't even tell you the last time I shaved my legs. This is, there's a difference. There's like maintenance and like general upkeep on the body. <laughs> and then there's like the practice of taking care of yourself as yes. a person. Yeah. So I wanted to um, bring Adama in because... Like she said, she is just out here helping all of us who are struggling with uh, the superwoman syndrome. Mm. Um, and she and I were talking before we were recording and I was just kind of, you know, telling her all my business about how um, for me, I think it stems from having a very proactive mother with high standards and um, I don't fault her for that. I felt mm. like she cultivated my potential in ways that I am benefiting from at at this time. But I really do wish that she would have prioritized teaching me how to love and appreciate and be compassionate toward myself with the same verve and vigor that she pushed me to excel academically. Um, So Adama, please tell us, tell us a little bit more about your work and um, why you've, like you know this i think this is your calling you can correct me if 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 i'm wrong but how do you feel like you were led to this space oh well <laughs> i will say the reason i'm so insistent on getting my message out is because i almost learned this the hard way and i do not want any other black women having to find out the importance of self-care after a health crisis like i did So Mm. I woke up in a hospital at 25 years old with a blood clot in my lung with a warning from the doctor that I was on the fast track to a heart attack if I didn't get my shit together. Jesus. Um, Mm. And I didn't realize how stressed I was until I had fainted while teaching a class and I woke up in the emergency room. So I, I would have told you everything was fine. I was functioning. I was doing well. I had checked everything off the list. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And it wasn't until I woke up in the hospital that I realized like, oh shit, this is not sustainable. Something has to change. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know a lot of women feel like they have to push through and make things work. Uh, feeling like they have to earn self-care. They have to earn that rest. They have to earn that break. And I want you to understand if you keep fucking around trying to earn your self-care, you are going to earn a hospital stay instead. So that is the crux of my message and my work. And I want to make sure that that is made crystal clear to black women, super women, type A overachievers everywhere. Are you talking like directly to me? Or? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you're here for this read, it is for you. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, gosh, I felt the sternness. <laughs> I say it with love. I, I, I almost died and now I'm here to seriously live and teach other women how to do the same thing. So what does that mean? When you say seriously live? I think that... From a young age, women, and I'm going to speak to black women because that is where my heart is and that is the majority of the women that I serve. Um, black women are often praised for neglecting themselves, sacrificing mm-hmm. their needs to take care of everybody around them. Woo! We are taught that that mm. is the godly thing to do. We are taught that that is the polite and kind thing to do. And we are praised and applauded for that up and through our middle school years and college years and into our careers. And we find out only 
after some serious health crisis or after a serious meltdown, that is when these women are discovering that that actually was not the way to go. Um, and so I feel like if you want to seriously live, you need to take back control of your narrative. You need to take back control of the way you're spending your time and you need to decide that your life is yours. You're living mm. for you unapologetically. And so when I say seriously living, I mean living in a way that aligns with your core values and who you want to be and what you want your life to be about, as opposed to how you think you need to be perceived because of societal conditioning. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I find that so interesting because so y'all know I, I love me an Instagram comedian so I follow Major Hype if anybody knows who Major <laughs> Hype is he, he is extra ignorant I can't I cannot listen well the Caribbean skits <laughs> are absolutely hilarious right <laughs> but he posted this let me just go to his page so I don't misquote this bullshit because I want to make sure is it the sure one that, that I put in my stories I think so yes oh god the the it was one of those Instagram written you know posts with like emojis and shit and it says, I grew up watching my mom do the impossible. So a weak female is unacceptable to me. First of all, female what? Right. right. I cannot female stand that. Dog, Are you talking fish? about giraffes? A, a whale? <laughs> we don't what? refer to men as males. Thank you. I so help me with that. It's another and way there, to dehumanize us. Absolutely. And put us in a separate place, but exactly. So I had to go in the comments because I just wanted to see like what people were know, saying in response. What people were saying, you know, because the comment section is like the derelicts of society. But you know, <laughs> every once in a while, you run across a gem. And uh, just at the top, I, a girl said, "I grew up watching my mom doing everything for us while my dad sat on his backside waiting for his dinner. So a lazy man is unacceptable to me." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Sing a song, sis. Sing a song." <laughs> sing a song not that I you know I did watch my father work very hard and I watched my mother work very hard but it's just comments like that and like that entire mentality that like you said is it's just it's it's detrimental to black women you know what I'm saying and it puts this uh expectation on us that we're supposed to be horses workhorses we're we the are ex yes. we are expected mm -hmm. to work ourselves to death mm -hmm. like anything less than that is deemed lazy by somebody who will sit and watch you work and do nothing like they will watch you they will watch you work yourself to the like listen why they build the battery listen and i mean like you like you said <laughs> i grew up um, <laughs> I did you, Amala? You must have seen Acrimony. God, Jesus! I'm the only person that can. Sis, I didn't. I've it's seen two hours clips of my life. I'll never get back. Oh, but I will say in relation to this because it is a terrible movie. Top five worst movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I thought Godzilla was the worst movie I've ever seen. Ooh. It was actually Acrimony, but. Taraji had first of all Tyler Perry hates black women let's oh, just put that I mean, out there oh, absolutely I loads mean, and disgusts our entire he doesn't existence. even know it oh, he doesn't even he doesn't, that's what, that's the that's thing. what pains me is that I, he really believes that he is out here serving black women he, does. he thinks that he is giving he is entertaining black women with yeah. narratives and stories that we can relate to when in actuality he is perpetuating the, a very problematic narrative. Oh my God. Uh, in so many different ways. Because what distresses me? The marriage. In just about 
every Tyler Perry movie that I've seen, there's always a <laughs> scorn, downtrodden, woebegone black woman mm-hmm. who is either chasing. Um, well, I don't. Chasing is not the right word. But then, then, then there's like a man that was going to come and save the day, mm-hmm. no matter what. She, a woman cannot. You cannot be single and be happy in a Tyler Perry feature film no. like you. And but are we going to pretend he's the only one that runs that narrative? No. Oh no! Absolutely no, not. We're not. But this is just, just so strong. His is so like. strong and it's so consistent <laughs> Ooh, because yeah. he has he Formulaic, has made like yeah. twelve movies with the same storyline and y'all keep giving him your money. Let me tell you, in acrimony, <laughs> this nigga is trying to build this like self charging battery. Right? Does this shit for years upon years? Sucks Taraji of all her money. Her money. Her she was left because her mother passed away. And she ended up getting a second job and like worked herself to death. And the entire narrative of the movie is supposed to be about a black woman and her uh, mental um, disorder. Mm. But it's just it's it's terrible. However, she does hold down two jobs in the movie and she works herself to death and not to actual death, but she works herself to death, like where she's cleaning and doing all this shit just because this nigga will not go get a job because A, he has a felony, and B, he's mm. trying to build this battery and has been standing outside of this company for 20 years <laughs> trying to get them to see his prototype. What a disaster. Um, but to your point, Kia, <laughs> her sisters, who are bitches, are at the table, right, with their husbands, and they travel in like this foursome. It's very strange. And the sister says to Taraji, so, because they were left with the parents' house, she goes, so, since we're all married now, we're going to be moving out of this house. And I immediately thought of you. <laughs> immediately thought. I was like, why would Tyler Perry put a line like that in here? Now that we're all married, we're going to be moving out of this house. I was like, who talks like because, that? Like, marriage so is weird. always a gold carry, right? <laughs> it's a big accomplishment. It's always like, we have arrived and made it to the Deluxe apartment in the sky. <laughs> right. It is really just a drain. Men yes. talk about it as the end, but women are taught to treat exactly. it as like mm. the ultimate. It's like life war. begins. You've suffered right. enough and now you get a ring, <laughs> exactly. man. Exactly. Like you've earned this wow. with your labor. But Jesus. So yes. Um but that is for another day. Another day. Another day, yes. I, but th- I mean the so given given this conversation around how society literally socializes women and black women specifically mm-hmm. to believe this narrative that um, our progress, our prosperity, our happiness is literally predicated upon this work ethic that is oftentimes unreasonable, mm-hmm. <laughs> unhealthy. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not out here saying that you need to be lazy um, and sit up in, in your life like a Kardashian. But... <laughs> But but I'm saying that how do we how do we, you know, given this narrative that is literally drilled in us from infancy, how do we uh, how do we fight that? How do we combat it? How do we what are there practical ways that we can go about um, affecting change uh, in, in, you know, in our in our day to day lives? I know when people ask me that question, they're normally looking for really cute, handy tips. Right. Mm -hmm. But I honestly believe that until until you change your mind about what your identity has to be, all the tips and tools are going to be useless to you. 
So mm. I could teach you tips and tools for managing your time. Mm. I could teach you about how to carve out space in each day. I could teach you how to establish a morning routine. But as long as you have gotten comfortable branding yourself as the kind of woman that sacrifices everything, as long as you are comfortable owning the identity of someone who doesn't need help, doesn't need rest, doesn't need breaks, and can do it all by herself, you're not going to heed or regard anything I have to say. So this is about starting with an identity shift. That is the number one thing that you need to do. Practically. So, okay. Oh, question for you, Amala. Adama. <coughs> Adama. Adama. I'm sorry. You're, you're well, I am... I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking. Um, question for you, Adama. Yes, ma'am. So let's say you, it's not a. Let's say you don't have the mentality that it's like. Um, I you know I I I I let's say you have the mentality mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily want to be working this hard, but you feel like you know it's it's necessary in order to get things done. So it's not necessarily like, I don't want to listen to anybody, but it's just more like a who else is going to do it if I don't do it. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? Humble yourself. Okay. So when we say, if I don't do it, it won't get done. That is A, enabling all the shitheads around you that refuse to do any work. Mm -hmm. B, that is making yourself the most powerful in the room and completely taken away from people that want to step into their leadership. You're mm-hmm. taking away from other people's opportunities to step up and do the work because you are assuming that you're the only one capable of getting it done. Mm. And so you hold yourself in this limbo because mm-hmm. you're assuming you're the only one capable. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should have to. Just because right. you can do it doesn't mean you can't also delegate it to other people. You work in your mm. strengths and you delegate to everybody else and you trust everybody else to step up. It's not about them helping you. It's about them contributing to the community they want to live in. So... Take that responsibility off your own shoulders and invite ease into your life. It's about shifting your whole narrative. You have the narrative that you're the only one that can get it done and you get off on being the only one that can get it done. But if you get off on being needed, you're going to continue to attract needy people. That's real. I mean, like, that's, uh, that's, so, that's so real that you <laughs> said that because I'm thinking about the ways that um, I'm thinking about like Queen Bee syndrome and how mm-hmm. so many of us are validated Mm-hmm. By you know, by what we produce versus who we are, mm-hmm. and I have had to sit in that myself because I th- and I think I think that it's common with black women because we are not always many of us may not uh, may not always affirmed for who we are. Never, you know what I'm saying? It's not like someone says, you know, you have a great heart, or even physically, many of us, especially those. You know, you may not be people. You may you may not be chased down the street all the time by people telling you how beautiful and stunning and gorgeous you are. Um, but you know, people have always said that you're a hard worker and you do well. You know, so, so like, how do you maybe build your identity and your ego around what you produce instead of who you are? You know, you really run the risk of um, holding on to that to that. Um, unreasonable work ethic or that uh, the grind so to speak mm-hmm. until it literally wears you down yes it's it's the same mentality as um if you look at it as the same mentality as like vanity mm. it's the same thing you know people who may be physically vain where they're constantly in the mirror and they're doing all of these things to try to keep up this 
idea of what they think they should be. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just in a different form. Absolutely. I say all the time, and I know my clients are so sick of me saying it, but I honestly believe that burnout is what happens when you live like you have something to prove. And Mm. until you accept that your worth is never on the line, you are going to be grinding and hustling and fighting to prove yourself, to be validated, to earn people's love and credibility and respect. And you need to decide your worth is never on the line. There's nothing you can do or not do. There's nothing you can say or not say that's going to earn you worth or take away from your worth. But until you really take that on, you are going to be doing the most and feeling empty. So are there ways that we can pursue that radical self-love that that says regardless of where my what where my to-do list is or regardless of how clean my house is or regardless of you know what all that I've accomplished or not accomplished this week I'm okay with myself how do I how do I get there um because, I mean, that's something that I struggle with personally, mm-hmm. looking around and seeing mm-hmm. that there's so much left to do and feeling like I have failed because I've not accomplished all that I set out to accomplish within the time frame that I've set out to accomplish it in, no matter how ridiculous or unreasonable that time frame might be. So I'm asking, like, are there things that I can start doing to, to let myself off the hook? Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is my three, like, sustainers. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to break it down into threes. So first, um, I check in with me before I check my email. I like myself or like on myself before I look for likes on social media, and I create mm-hmm. before I consume. Those are the three things that I do every morning in order to make sure that I'm hearing my voice first, that I'm learning to hear what I sound like. And so that I'm practicing shutting out the external noise so that I am the ultimate authority on what needs to be happening for me. Mm. So it is it's so subtle and it's so it's so simple. Resist the urge to make self-care difficult. Right. So we, we want to complicate self-care. We want to treat it as this thing that we need to work toward. But it is the practice of listening to yourself first. And it's the practice mm-hmm. of doing what's best for you first. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so. Rather than reaching for your phone when you wake up, it's about acknowledging how grateful you are that you woke up. And then it's about Mm. setting the intention for your day. So you design your day around how you want to feel rather than who you want to impress. Because you know who you are and you know what matters to you. When you start with that, days feel like much less of a drudge, like much less of an uphill battle. Hmm. That seems Hmm. so easy to do. may not be easy, but it is simple. It's it's about you doing. I I won't say that it's easy because, again, we've lived our whole lives getting praise for neglecting ourselves. But what got you here won't get you to the next level. And so you need to unlearn all of that and practice something different. That shit clearly didn't work. Beating yourself up every day is not working. Hoping that you're going to get 25 things done is not working. But praising yourself for what you have done, collecting evidence that you deserve to be here, collecting evidence that your success is not a fluke. Checking in with you first, thanking yourself, acknowledging yourself. These things are not just cliches. They are you fighting for your life every day. What do you, um, so why do you think our aunts and our moms and our grandmothers and all of, you know, the ladies of our past, why do you think that they had that mentality for so long that they had to work that, you know, so hard? 
survival. Nobody taught them that mm. they didn't. Literally. We come from generations of women who literally did not have the luxury of speaking up for themselves, advocating for themselves, mm-hmm. doing what felt good. And I, I hear so many women say to me, I don't know how to do these things because I wasn't taught how to do these things. And I say, you can't afford not to do these things because you are free now. And you are in a space where you are able to do these things for yourself. It's almost like we owe it to our women ancestors to practice unapologetic self-care because they didn't know that was an option. And now that it is, we owe it to them and to the women looking up to us for the future to do these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, okay, let me ask you a question. Absolutely. A person, because you're, you know, you got your foundation is so strong and I'm definitely getting ready to practice some of these things getting up. But what do you do when you set intentions and you start out and you have, you know, you start your day with gratitude and all those things? What do you do when you're, do you know what a sneaky hate spiral day is? What a sneaky what? A sneaky hate spiral. Huh. You mean like when your brain starts telling you things that don't work for you? Like a sneaky hate spiral day is one of those days. They had it formed into like a cartoon. <laughs> it's one of those days where everything is terrible. The the bachata <laughs> music from the bodega is loud as fuck. You trip over your cat and almost cut their tail off. You like lose your wallet. You like just every terrible thing that can happen in a matter of of, of, of nine hours or whatever of you being out. Like it's happening to you. What that's called a sneaky hate spiral day because it just it just keeps getting worse and worse. And it's like, when is this shit gonna come to an end? You stub your toe, you get a paper cut. Like it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> How do you handle days like that? Yeah. So the old Adama would say, "Oh my God, that sucks. That's awful. What are you gonna do mm-hmm. with this?" Um, but Adama 2.0, which is where I am right now, and who I have fought very hard to create, uh, would say we need to be a lot more mindful of what we are feeding ourselves. We say things in passing all day um, and we say things as jokes and we ask rhetorical questions as if our brains and bodies can tell that we're joking, but they can't. Mm. And Mm. so I have to be very deliberate with the words that I choose and the thoughts that I choose. I think Mm -hmm. we assume that our thoughts are automatic and that they're inevitable and we can't change them. But the most empowering thing I discovered was that I feel a way not because of what happened to me, but because of the thought that I think afterward. Yes. So if Mm -hmm. I practice thinking about my thinking and if I practice redirecting shitty thoughts to things that feel better, then I can create different results in my life. Mm. And that has taken me a really long time to get there. But it is it is the foundation of cognitive behavioral therapy, which I will stand behind for the rest of my life because my therapist has saved my life and the lives of many people that could have gotten these hands. But um, (laughs) So I I believe it is up to us to choose thoughts that feel better. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not your fault that you automatically jump to, damn, why did I do that? Damn, that was so stupid. But it's up to you to catch yourself. It's very meta, but you're thinking about your thinking. You catch yourself in a shitty thought and choose to replace it with something that feels better. Your your beliefs right now and the things that you have assumed are the truth are just thoughts you've practiced thinking. So it's on you to practice thinking something else. Mm. How, mm. how long did it take you to cultivate yeah. uh, the Adama 2.0? Because I want to just, I mean... I think I want to emphasize the process behind this because a lot of times I know me, like I'll start tomorrow 
with setting my intentions exactly and 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 you know being grateful and telling God thank you before I reach for my phone. Mm-hmm. And then if I reach for my phone on Friday, I'm gonna be like, oh damn, well that was that. Like, hey, oh. like <laughs> I tried and I just am not able to do this. So I want to and that's something that I'm owning and learning about myself. And I think, you know, full transparency calling out, you know, how passive and reactive I can be. Um the laziness. I'm thinking how lazy it is for me to just keep thinking the way that I've always thought because that's the way that I've always thought. Um, and call yourself out. Yeah, I think being getting in that practice, well, calling yourself out in a compassionate way, of course, um, and being calling with with the intention of like not to shame myself in the place of I'm stuck in the call out, but like how do I call myself then too? Uh, changing my behavior but I want to I want you to talk more about the process that you mm-hmm. that you are in because I don't know if, if I don't know if you've arrived oh man <laughs> listen do yourself a favor and don't trust anybody out there that tells you they've arrived like don't mm-hmm. don't I'm wary of women that try to describe their process as finite it's done I've reached the summit and I am perfect I am on this journey but I busted my ass to get to this place so I'm not, I'm not interested in going back now. It's not going to serve me. It's not going to serve my child. It's not going to serve the community. I'm, I'm not here for that. I am modeling what it looks like to feel the fear and do it anyway, to move through one step at a time. And I will say that black and white thinking of, you know, I messed up today, so it's all over. That is very characteristic and typical of perfectionists and overachievers and um, women that are accustomed to excellence feel like I'm either excellent or I'm a failure. Mm. And um, I feel that it is safest and most productive for us to say, I have made a mistake, but I am not a mistake. Mm. And so I can mm. move through this. Get me together. I can move through this. It's okay. <laughs> it's just like if if you said you were on a diet, this is why diets make me a little nervous. But if you say you're on a diet um, and you've been eating, you know, whatever the fuck people on diets eat. I don't know. If, you, if you've been eating like salad and, and cucumbers and shit and then you eat a slice of cake. The inner critic wants you to say because you ate the slice of cake, you will never lose this weight again. And you might as well just continue right. eating trash. But that weight release that you are calling for is going to rely on you not getting stuck in that one mistake you made, giving yourself permission to make that mistake and go back to doing what you knew was right. And it's the same thing with choosing your thoughts. You are going to revert and relapse. That is inevitable. It is guaranteed Mm -hmm, because you've gotten so used to thinking these thoughts, but it is on you to say, you know what? I had a relapse, but I'm not staying there. I'm choosing to move forward and do something better. I'm choosing to give myself that same compassion that I would give my best friend if she fucked up, right? It's 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 on us to give that same compassion that we are so used to giving to everybody else. Word. What do I always say to you, kid? I know that you would be <laughs> if you heard somebody talking about me like I talk about me, you beat their ass. Mm, yeah. So I agree. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but you better get me. See, you are getting me together. Honestly, you are truly getting me together. No, I, th- uh, I think I, that's real. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a it's not a one and done thing. This is something that I do every, day. and that's why I say being a free spirit requires great discipline. Mm-hmm. You don't get to this point of freedom and self expression and self possession 
without putting structures in place. I have systems every day because I know how my brain works. I know the way my anxiety is set up. I know I could immediately jump to some crisis. I could immediately create a problem, but it's on me to remember the training, to remember what I've learned, to remember the work that I've done and to constantly redirect and bring myself back. The same way I practice bringing back my clients when I know they own some bullshit, I practice bringing myself back, right? Right. Because I'm absolutely not perfect. I'm absolutely not done with the work, but I'm modeling what it looks like. Yes, becoming. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't read it yet. Oh, Lord. It, it it was good. Oh, good job! I love sis. your breakdown, Jay. <laughs> it was. I and you she said what? it was boring, I, but then I, you gave like seventeen reasons that you actually yeah, loved it. So exactly, I was like, wait a minute, exactly. you know, because two things can be true at the same time, I mean, and like it was good. It had a lot of really like strong points in it. Even the part with Kia, where you kind of agree with me, and you were like when they were talking about his campaign. Yeah, like, when they got deep know, down I, into I the like, primaries and. Right, like, all that, and was like, well, you know, I could have, you know, skipped through some. But I of that. still tried to pay attention to how honest she was, and how you know, and 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 Michelle made it very clear throughout the book that your journey is never finished, mm. and that she, you know, and so I, I appreciate the gems that came from it. It just, you know, was a little boring. <laughs> That's all. But I do. I think you definitely should read it. I think you would. You would enjoy it. I will. My husband owns it. I'm trying to be polite and let him finish it first, but he on my nerves. I'm about to go ahead and just read it. Give me the me and my husband bought it the same day, and then I ended up buying it, getting it on audiobook and listening to it oh. while I was. Packing. Yeah, I would. I would suggest the audiobook. Okay. It's good yeah. to listen to because it's in her voice, and it it's better that way. I think it's when I started reading it, I started in the book, and then I finished with the audiobook, and I, it was way more palatable with the audiobook. Mm. Does she add extra ad libs and stuff in the audiobook? Or like you get her inflections. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the tone of her voice adds mm-hmm. to like painting the picture. Mm-hmm. So you really feel um I think that it like it, the it's more evocative. Mm-hmm. Um yes. in, in listening to it. Because it's like you're listening to her actually tell the story. I see. Okay. Yeah. Which is it, does. it literally listens to her. It's it's like listening to her tell her own story. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that way. Well, I don't want to belabor the point, um, <laughs> but I do want to to give you the opportunity to tell the people where they can find you, oh. and if there are any other final gems or things you want to leave us with, um, yes. to encourage us as we all embark upon this daily journey of unlearning um, the habits and mindsets and ways of being and knowing that do not serve us. Yes, ma'am. So first I will say, if you want a very quick um, mini training on how to be more deliberate in the way you manage your time so that you can step into your leadership, I do have an 11 and a half minute training called Find Your Fears, How to Find Your Voice, Take Back Your Power, and Do More of What Matters. And you can find that at bit.ly slash burnoutproofleaders. Leave your name and your email there so that I can send you that training immediately. And also, so you can be signed up for my email list so I could be in your inbox every 10-ish days. Um, I don't want to bombard you, but that you know that is the easiest way uh, for people to Stay in touch with me. I'm also on Instagram at Dream Leap Live. Um, so that's that's one thing. But 
If nothing else, I do want you to understand that if you are still in a place where you are taking on more than you need to, you need to understand that your suffering is A, optional, and you get to opt out, and B, that your suffering is doing a disservice to the people that are relying on you to demonstrate your leadership. Hmm. So I do have six pillars of burnout proof living that I like to share with women. If you want to take back control of your time and live a burnout proof life, because Hmm. that is what is required of you to do the work that you are called to do. You need to be burnout proof. You need to be shame proof and you need to be guilt free. So um, those six steps are F um, free up your calendar which is getting clear on the difference between what's urgent and what's important so you're not wasting time. Mm, mm, mm. You need to identify your invisible scripts. That's the first thing, actually, that you need to do. Identify your invisible scripts so you get clear on the story you're telling yourself to keep you busy, bitter, and burned out. Mm. E is to express, don't impress. You need to set an intention for your life and give other people permission not to get it and not to like it. Mm. You need to reject your rejectors which is Mm. to get clear on what you bring to the table that qualifies you for the work you're meant to do and be discerning about who you allow to sit with you. C is to communicate with power. That needs to ask for what you want with confidence, say no to what you want immediately, and to just speak up for what you need to feel like you in any given moment. And the last E is to engage in extreme self-care. So set up the systems and structures to do whatever you need to do to feel like you and not feel bad. So Mm -hmm. um, those letters spell out fierce. Those are my six pillars of burnout proof living. I break them down a little bit more in the training. Um, But I feel like if you practice those together unapologetically, giving yourself that space and compassion, you are going to find that you have more time to do the things you insisted you couldn't make space for. Thank you, Adama. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Oh, thank you so thank much you, for thank you. speaking directly to me. I mean, <laughs> just speaking down into the depths of my business. <laughs> um, well, ladies, you heard it here. Um, please, please, please check out Adama and Dream Leap Live. Um, all of her awesome resources and tools are available to you, um, given the website that she just shared and also on her Instagram um, and we'll post all of that in the description box. Absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate you for being we do. a champion and, and for being one of the few people who prioritize our our needs, our concerns, our struggles, our happiness, our joy, our purpose, our prosperity, all of that. Um, and for teaching us how to do the same. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Woo, child, I'm ready to go to bed. Okay. Right? Let's like get right on. Now. Let's get on to the honesty box. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. For your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Honestly? Truly. Let's get into this honesty box. 
It says, hey, big sisters, I've never met. I found you guys show in the midst of my transition and self-reflection. And it's been an uplifting, entertaining support system I never knew I needed. God bless also, your thank heart. you for the put on with Kapari deodorant. I love it. Listen, I just <laughs> smelling like Tahitian treat. Right. I have my own subscription. Delicious. So I'll try to make this as short as possible. And let's give her a pseudonym. Let's call her. Um, let's call her Rochelle Farrell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try to make this as short as possible. <laughs> I turned 30 in February and I've been starting over with my life trying to build a foundation for myself. I had a rough go at it in my 20s. So here I am now at 30 trying to self-correct. I spend a lot of seclusion time and reflecting on my thought process and just what I expect out of myself. Though slightly lonely, I find myself not wanting to date because I'm learning how to love me right now. I feel that I'm not ready to take on the weight of being responsible for someone else's emotions, let alone my own right now. <laughs> However, this guy who has been lingering around for three years now, we've never dated or anything. He hit me up on Facebook randomly to check in as he does and asked me if he could cook for me and we chill, chat, etc. I usually would say no, but I was in one of my maniac upswing moods and said yes. Dinner was great and the convo was pleasant. In this conversation, he opened up about suffering with PTSD from serving in the Marines, not being able to sleep, and once upon a time, waking up in cold sweats and night terrors, and just overall how it affected his life. How he was seriously looking to date for long t for long-term expectations and had been waiting on me to say yes to date for a very long time. My thing is I'm still very immature in my idea of relationships. Here's this 37-year-old man who's lived, lived a less than ideal life but is in a positive space now looking for love. I tell him all the time I'm not looking to date and basically what I stated to y'all earlier in the letter. He's very persistent in an off-putting way. Every day is I want to see you or I want to do for you. How sometimes when we're going through things, we need someone around, not seclusion, blah, 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 blah. When I do link up with him, it's very, can I kiss you? Can I hug you? Even when I tell him that's too much for me. I don't know if my usual introverted and anxiety inducing ways are blocking me from a genuinely good guy. And that is what dating is in my 30s now, because I do forget you're older now. People are not playing around. They're looking for a partner. Hmm. Or if allegedly. I should be leery of someone. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. Or if I should be leery of someone so aggressive. And though I don't judge him for having PTSD, there there is a statistic of deceased women due to domestic violence induced by a PTSD attack that I can't ignore. My Lord. Am I being my usual negative cautious self or should I let someone take care of me, quote unquote, for a change and try to actually hear him out? I love you guys so much. I wish I would have made the Atlanta show and I hope you guys keep continuing to have these conversations on your platform that are so fundamental to black women and the black household. Sincerely, Rochelle Farrell. Oh, Rochelle Farrell. Wow, well, we have the perfect person. Here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, but okay, so wait, I'm gonna let Adama really answer the question, but I do have something to say. Um, I don't feel good about this. Um, I think that this young man, Rochelle, is he might be well meaning and well intentioned, and he might very well have what he believes your best interests are at heart. But I am really, 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 really uncomfortable with the amount of pressure that he's apl applying uh, because um, 
it just makes me believe that he is looking to you to be his fix. And I want him um, to do his own healing work. Um, whatever peace he's looking for or whatever um, means, I mean, whatever he is, is, is in search of to, you know, address the dis-ease that he feels within himself, whether that be by virtue of his PTSD or his loneliness or what have you. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, that is, should be his priority. Um, and, and I don't know that this sounds like a healthy situation that I would encourage you to pursue. I think that your um, hesitance is warranted and valid because I don't know how I feel about someone who says that they care for you, but will not listen to you. I don't mm. know that, that, cause I think that that is really fundamental. And I'm learning that even in my own life and, you know, guys, people, I'm, I'm, I think, I think God has given me perspective about relationships, the older I get. And, and he's made me att- uh, attentive to the things that I think really matter. Um, observing qualities and traits and characteristics about a person, you know, beyond his sneakers and what he drives and <laughs> all the other things that I used to be so enamored with. Right. Mm-hmm. But really paying attention to somebody's heart and the way that they engage you. Caring for someone is more than buying them things. Mm. But if I'm telling you that I need time for myself and your answer is anything other than I'll be here when you're done. <laughs> that makes right. me that I'm, I'm that's just that's just what I'm going to say. But I'm a I'm a hand it off to Adama. And, and yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said. There were a couple <laughs> alarms that went off for me. The first thing, Miss Rochelle Farrell, is uh, when you said that you don't want to be responsible for anybody else's emotions, well, shit, good, because that's not your job. You're not responsible right. for anybody else's emotions. Correct. Um, and you will cause yourself a lot of stress trying to mm-hmm. change someone's mind when they're committed to feeling what they need to feel in that moment. So mm. you, you need to run the fuck away from that. I feel like run for the hills. Um, I, I just I'm concerned that you already feel indebted to this man yes. because he's, you think he's been nice to you. Yes. And um, there should be nothing special or unique about a man treating you with respect, but I worry that he's not actually respecting you because you've set a boundary and he's continuing to push it. If he's not listening to your boundaries now, he sure as hell is not going to listen when he thinks he's got you. So listen to that. Um, I also think as women, again, we are conditioned to be polite And to be nice and you feel like it would be rude to leave this man alone because he's asking you nicely to be with you, Mm -hmm. but you don't owe him that. If everything in your mind is telling you that something about this is off and you wouldn't have written if you thought everything was fine. I think this would be a perfect time to listen to your mind. This is not you being overly anxious. This is not you uh, self-sabotaging. You know, good on you for trying to assess that and to pay attention to what you think your brain may be doing or creating. But definitely listen to that intuitive nudge that's saying this is dangerous because Mm -hmm. 
there's something there that you need to pay attention to. He can be a good man. He can be a kind man, but he is not your charge. He is not your task. He is not your responsibility. And until he's willing to put in the work with a professional that is qualified to take on the PTSD that he is bringing to your table, do not invite that into your home. Mm. How do we, how do we learn how, and this is um, just throwing it out there for the ether, but Mm. I want, I mean, I feel like, we are trained to believe that love is selfless in ways, right? So I believe that, right? So, and, and I believe that when love is a verb and love is an action and we, and we show our love in, in service and support to the mm-hmm. people that we are in relationship with. But how do we break this narrative where love, like me loving you should not be at the expense of me loving myself? How do we, how do we get, how do we undo that? Those are because not mutually exclusive. They are not. Yeah. And I feel like, um, what, what drains me about, about, and I, we, t- I talked about this last week when I was talking about the petty peeve, because maybe because I'm older now, I think that people feel like they are being helpful by, helpful to me by, by advising me mm-hmm. about like, you know, being single, um, pointing me in the direction of resources and books and things that I should read and things that I should take a look at. And why don't you take a look at this? And just me, what are your thoughts about this and that people? And I know that people are well-meaning and well-intentioned and, you know, but I just feel like the common narrative in this is always that, um, it just, it just reeks of desperation to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where, Women are vying for this prize. And what, what's crazy is that when you are, to me, desperation is not a place where I want to, to love from. Because when you hungry, when you starving, you'll eat anything. Mm-hmm. Right? You can, like, and I, I feel like the kind of love that I have to offer is not a, I'll take anything in return for a kind of love because I've worked so hard on myself that I'm not willing to just tolerate certain things. But I, I think that all the, the, the things that we hear as single people is that, oh, you know, am I, am I, and they make us feel like we are doing ourselves a disservice or being ungrateful or, or prideful or selfish by making um, choices that have our priorities and our best interests at heart when it comes to relationships. Like it hurt me to hear you say, Rochelle, that, um, you know, people say I'm getting older and it hurt me to hear you feel like what I, what I took from, from your letter was that you feel like people would shame you for, for not wanting to be bothered with this quote unquote good man, because this is a man that is showing you attention and is, is, expressing that he wants to care for you and that's not the ceiling of your expectation it's the floor it's the floor don't let nobody like that's what you're supposed to do he's supposed to want to spend time with you he's supposed to want to feed you and make sure that your belly is full and happy he's supposed Hmm. to want to do those things he's also supposed to respect you when you say that this is not something that you want right now and if he really really mean it he'll say all right i'll be right here when you're ready Right. That's just how I feel. I'm sorry that you are dealing with this, but I think that you did the right thing by asking um, for help. And I hope that what we've said has been helpful to you. Jay, you ain't had nothing to say to Rochelle. No, y'all said, y'all said, 
<laughs> I don't even, you know, the only thing I might add is that, like he has said, when you're starving, you'll eat anything. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're one of those people where it's like, all right, do you want Mexican? And you're like, no. Do you want Chinese? <laughs> no. Do you want a deli sandwich? No. Be one of those people. Be one of those people who's very picky about <laughs> yes. what it is that you want to eat, even though you're starving. It's nothing wrong with starving. Like, you you, you, you have that feeling. But make sure you're getting something that's going to fulfill you and not something just to fill, fill the void or just to fill you up for the moment. You deserve more than the scraps, man. That's it. You, you don't have to go to bed and just eat cereal for dinner. That is what I've been doing for the last four I mean, nights. That's real. But shout out to you, Rochelle, for for prioritizing you yes. and taking the time to get to know who you are. Because I feel like we would all fare better if our, in our relationships if we would take that time to do that work before we started poking each other's holes and things. Absolutely. <laughs> Poking each other's holes. Listen, because I just feel like we get so caught up in the holes, hello, that we do not, um, we don't do the work, right? This it's man, true. this man, listen, he can cook, God bless his heart, but you don't got to eat what he served just because you don't, you don't have to. And he's, he's still nice. He's still not the one for you. Right. That's okay. Because he can be kind and, and this is, it doesn't have to be F you get out of my life. Right. It can be very much like I heard you. I respect what you said. And I respectfully am making a different choice. And if That's you can't it. handle that, then maybe we won't kick it no more. It don't have to be nothing other than that. But be careful. Because <laughs> yeah, that PTSD is not listen. a game. Hello? That baby is a Marine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, now, let's get on into these good old peeves of petty. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y. All right, y'all. I'm ready to be petty. I'm going to be petty and get out your way. Because maybe mine is not so petty, but it's really just like a plea. It is a plea. To the men who find themselves in my DMs from time to time. (laughs) With comments about something that I've posted or reposted specific to, um, you know, being a woman. So somebody posted something on Instagram and I posted it and it was something to the tune of like, uh, it was a guy saying, a girl will put up with just about anything if she likes you. And then the girl responded and was just like, we not doing that no more. So I just reposted it and I was just like, ain't, right? Like, I was just affirming her like, ain't, we ain't, we off this. This is so over. I just want you to set your expectations to this because this is the way it's going to be from this point. And I was really taken aback by the, by the barrage of men in my DMs who are responding to this like, I know that you think that this, maybe you won't, but all women do this, right? There was just so many men who said something to the tune of like, I, just because you're a woman and you said that this is not something you do, doesn't make me thinking that all women do this any less true, right? Like, yeah, I'm tired. So there's so many, there were men, like dudes was just like, you might not, but other women do or all women do. And I'm just like, I just would be like, Lord, deliver me from men who feel like, because they quote no women i know oh, women God. i know women i got a mama just like every human being in yeah, in the world right. 
right? I know women. I know women. So I can now tell you about yourself. I know what you're going to do. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're not going to do. I know what makes you mad because I know women. So I just would want to admonish all of the men in their ashiness in my DMs (laughs) and anywhere else on the internet that I just would wish that you would just leave me alone because I just don't have any time for for any more men who want to tell me a woman that they know more about being a woman than I do um, or that they can speak for all women because you know for whatever bevy of reasons they would offer but just please shut up all of you please I just don't I just would please and if that's how you feel feel that way in your own DMs leave mine alone okay I don't care I don't care I know I know I know this is what I've observed I've watched so many women deal with shit because they like a man and I'm like I know that that's what you maybe that has been your experience but you're not about to sit up here and tell me that this is what all women do because of the 14 and a half women that you've observed doing this in your life and lifetime so just shut up just and I'm just so tired of, of of men telling me about myself or feeling like they can tell me about myself because they quote no women be the same dude that tells you hashtag not all men exactly Shut oh up. yeah Shut so up. i just like would y'all just enough with the generalizations like enough and i mean i'm not saying i mean we're all guilty of it y'all have heard me say here that all rhymes are terrible because that's something that i personally believe but, <laughs> same. but, but i'm just that's that's some I don't know. I just I just wish that y'all would just not, especially as related to me. If you one thing that you, the, the quickest way to get blocked as a man is if you hit me with a oh y'all always don't y'all me don't y'all me don't y'all me when you talking don't to, talk to me. me don't talk to me just please oh it just wears me it wears me the way that men that the way that 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 some men will just really position themselves as authorities. With with just unsolicited, unfounded opinions, mm-hmm. like you have no evidence outside of your own lived experience that this is the way that life is. So if you would just shut up, I would be most appreciative. <laughs> Thank you for your time. This because it, it's always a hood philosopher who thinks that what he has to say is some is some like foundational like just some mind like they blowing have, like, opinion they have found the keys right like they just know oh this is it like let me tell you something right okay no you sound like Clifford you're dumb <laughs> you sound like Clifford you're using a lot of words but nothing is you're coming out my nigga nothing and I just feel like yeah the boys will be out here they'll they'll do half a google search and read well 42 pages of a book and now they are an expert you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. just out here and you know what I wish if you're gonna if you're gonna generalize if you're gonna talk about all anything talk about yourself Mm. that's why I have so much respect for Devon Franklin Megan Good's husband because he's the only person in the relationship space that I have noticed thus far that is speaking to men Mm. like he's like hey guys if you wanna be in a relationship or even if you don't Perhaps you should just uh, consider some of these things that are characteristic of us and our behavior. Mm. 
and maybe yeah. that will help you fare better in your relationships. Now, yeah. I, I have so much respect for him for that because so many other black men in the self-help book space have written books and are only speaking to women and I don't need another man telling me how to be a single woman. I don't. Mm. God bless mm. your heart. I know that you think that you mean well because you have ran through hundreds of single women but you, you don't know anything about the life that I'm currently living. Don't. So that's all. That was a good one, sis. <laughs> Thank you. My petty peeve this week is on behalf of our sister friend. There is a company by the name of uh, Spiritual Gangster. Wait. It's not a black owned company. Are you kidding me? I'm not. It's a clothing brand and they print things on shirts like Kindness is Magic and, you know, shit like that. Warrior. It's a lot of yoga, a lot of Lululemon. You know what I'm saying? So. They printed a shirt that said, I stopped looking for the light. I decided to become it instead, which Fran has been saying for years. It's a quote. And people have stolen it. Somebody else claimed it and put it on quote something on Google. But this particular company is printing this shirt, a long sleeve oversized tee with her quote on it and selling it for $88. $88? And had the nerve to be sold out. If I see somebody with it, I'm going to fight them. <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely, you know. I, take the, off my sister's the, shirt. The, and give me $88 right now. Right give her now. her things. Because I'm giving give it to her. Give her her things. So my, my um, I guess my petty peeve this week, which is not so petty, is these white people continue to steal from people of color and give them no credit because of course even though they got hit with a barrage of tweets do you think they decided to respond absolutely not that's so filthy bruh like it is it's just dirty and it's like at least hit up somebody and say i'd like to do a collaboration with you instead of being blatant enough to steal and then some idiot asshole who looks like sean kingston got on twitter talking about oh, how man. he uh how fran should have copyrighted the quote how stupid i'm sorry what i was like sean kingston has a lot to say right now because how do you copyright a tweet no you should you i mean granted yes the world is a terrible place and people are awful but <laughs> With all that being said, we still should have some sort of expectation that people are not just going to blatantly steal our shit and sell it for $88 as an oversized surf girl tee. But here we are. So, you know, if you have any form of social media, feel free to hit up Spiritual Gangster. You can hit, find them on Instagram at sgangster, on Twitter, sgangster, or spiritualgangster.com to let them know. That they are thieves and that we all know it. <laughs> and that is my petty peeve this week. Fuck you, spiritual gangster. <laughs> Friends not gonna say it, but I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. And I hate the name. How disgusting. Yeah, that's that's chess. <laughs> Basura. And that is another episode of Getting Grown. We Adama. did not have a shout out this week. We don't. Adama's our shout out Adama. this week. We're shouting out Adama. Oh, thank you. Adama's That's our it. sister. We're shouting her out. 
everybody go and just support her. Get your whole lives together. I know y'all is burnt out because I'm burnt out. I'm finna get Whoa. my 11 minute um, listen on. Finna get my fierce on, get my tools and things so that Absolutely. I might be out here living a better life than I'm currently living. <laughs> Have changed my mentality and shit. Yeah, I've started though, Adama. You'd be proud of me. Every night before I go to bed, I I say a prayer now of thanks. You know, I'm just grateful for all the stuff I have around me. I don't want nothing. I'm not asking for nothing. I'm just thankful for everything that I have, and that I can continue to get in a better place. You know, where I I can feel like that all the time. Yes, ma'am. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I'll be trying to get my Adama on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be trying. That's what's up. Thanks again for sitting with us. Yes. We loved having you. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, man, y'all be out here enjoying your extra hours of daylight and things of that nature. Today's my grandma's birthday, so everybody say happy hey. birthday to my grandma. Hey. She hey. out here. Cumpleaños. She out here. Abuela. She's just, just <laughs> out here. Out here, out here. I love her so much. I can't just convey how much I appreciate her and I'm grateful to God for her because she so selflessly helped my mom raise me and my brother um, mm. our whole lives man and I'm just grateful you know because there's so many people who've lost um, loved ones and people close to them and my grandma turned 87 today so I'm grateful yes I'm grateful. So happy birthday, Grandma. I love you so much. And y'all be out here making sure that you file your taxes. I'm getting ready to go do mine. And um, moisturize and um, uh, mind your business and drink your water while sis. Because your black will crack if it's dry or if you don't pay your taxes. That's correct. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.